We're Climb Marketing, and you're listening to the Crux Podcast. Welcome back to The Crux, the monthly podcast where we navigate through digital marketing strategies, trends, and success stories. I'm your host, David Olteen, and I'm joined today by our agency's president, Jeremy Lopatin. Hello, hello. Hey. So in this episode, we're going to be discussing fractional staffing. We're going to talk about what it is, what it's good for, and how it might be applied to the marketing field that we work in. So Jeremy, first and foremost, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what fractional staffing is and how those models typically work for employees? Yeah, for sure. Well, so I mean, in its very most fundamental um, form, it's uh, you get a company hiring an employee for just a fraction of their weekly time, right? It's quite literal. So yeah, it's literally, (laughs) you know, you're getting a fraction of an employee, Um, you know, and and that person, you know, might work for multiple businesses uh, for the full 100% of their work week, uh, each of those companies getting a, a slice. Right. Right. And what type of positions do you typically see staffed in this in this fractional manner? So traditionally, fractional staffing has been most popular for the C-suite, right? Because uh, companies realize that um, there are strategic um, functions that executives provide um, that are vital to the sort of the course of a company's success and things like that. But you know, those executives are netting $200,000, $400,000 a year, maybe plus perks and benefits or whatever. Um, and so for a small to medium-sized business, very often, like getting a very talented and strategically valuable executive uh, might be out of reach, practically speaking, from a budget perspective. And so somewhere, somebody came up with this idea of like, hey, you know, you can get most of the strategic value of having uh, you know, one of the C-suite executive roles fulfilled on a fractional basis, then you just pay a fraction of you know, that, that cost. And you know, certainly on a per hour basis, you're probably paying more, um, but you're getting an outsized amount of value for that, that salary that you are paying for the fraction of that executive that you're getting. So you know, like I said, the C-suite is the obvious and most common historically, you know, area. Uh, but I, I honestly think that any function within a company that is highly strategic and highly spe- and or highly specialized uh, could really lend itself to fractional staffing. I think that um, it, it's that dynamic of you want all the strategic value that somebody might have to give. And a lot of that might come in the first 10% of their involvement, you know, uh, in your, in your company. And then the rest is the execution and turning the crank. And so, you know, you're sort of, you're, you're scraping the cream off the top, you know, and, and, and just paying for that part. Right. Right. And I think, you know, to your point, when you see ads for these, historically it is C-suite level employees, right? But I think we've seen kind of this transition to these more specialized, maybe a little bit lower level type of employees, um, and especially in our space, you know, where there is a lot of specialization, you know, I think it has been kind of like the advent of like fractional SEOs or fractional digital yeah. advertisers, fractional web developers, right? Or even fractional graphic designers. I think you see a lot of that. Absolutely. Well, and, and uh, you know, marketing leadership that's not C-suite 
VPs of marketing, marketing directors. I, I see increasingly um, fractional marketing directors being pitched out there. So yeah, definitely. Right. Right. So obviously you talked about a little bit about the pricing of some of these fractional engagements and, and other things. What are some of like the, the main advantages of this fractional staffing model in your eyes? Right. So, I mean, I think that when we talk about advantages and disadvantages of the fractional employment model, there are advantages to both the companies doing the hiring as well as the folks filling those roles. And I think on the on the company side, like I said, you get you know a disproportionate value for the money in terms of the strategic contributions of those employees, right? Um, having access to, like I said, maybe that ten percent of their of that employee's time that is most strategically valuable, um, you know. If, so if you're getting like a quarter of that person, hopefully you're going to get that ten percent of the twenty five percent that you're paying for. Um, you know, is is that, that that most vital, most strategically impactful, um, you know, portion of their contribution? So, um, you know, there's it's it's a value thing on the company side. On the employee side, like when you it gets to the point where I think folks are at a certain stage in their career, they have a, a large base of experience to draw from. They've done lots of things. And then they get to the point, I think there's certain people that just value variety, right? And so having opportunity to do what they do, but do it for multiple different companies simultaneously is really appealing, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think that um, also there's a certain degree of flexibility that probably comes with most, you know, fractional staffing models because you are less than full time. And so I think... In some arrangements, this just depends entirely on the on the uh, specifics of of the deal. But um, you know, you might have a little bit more of a fluid working, you know, arrangement. Um, but you know, on the going back to the brand side of things, uh, there's the value piece, but there's also like the strategic importance of filling important gaps as you're growing, right? A startup. Uh, uh, you know, early stage, even a second, some second stage companies, um, all of the C-suite and many other leadership roles are vital to have in place, but they'd be hard pressed to actually like shell out all the cash that's necessary to, to fill them. And so it's like a gap filler could be temporary, could be long-term, you know, just depends. Right. And, you know, Oftentimes, you'll just see companies outsource role, these types of roles entirely, right? To an agency setting, to a consultant. So, what really is like the differentiator, like the differentiator for this fractional staffing model, right? Like, why, why would someone opt for this type of arrangement rather than just outsourcing it completely to an agency or consultant? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I think uh, part of it has to do with the the model itself. Like, you are getting a person that is filling a seat on a, you know, long-term basis, you know, maybe temporary, but temporary long-term. And so you're really hiring more of the person than an agency. Agency, the personnel might swap in and out, you know, there might be, I mean, hopefully you're not working with an agency that has a revolving door, (laughs) you know, but, but nonetheless, I mean, people get promoted, people move around. So this is sort of like a dedicated relationship with a one-to-one pairing. So that's valuable. Uh, And, and, is different. But I think fundamentally, like if, if your company 
has this sort of strategic or specialized function that it needs to fill, but you don't have the either the money or the res um, or sorry or the amount of work necessary to fill a full time employee's workload, you know, then then a fractional arrangement might be worth checking out, you know. Right. And I, th I think at our space, the amount of work is really the big kicker. Totally. Right? Like most of these roles that we're talking about, graphic designers, web designers, right? Yep. Advertisers or SEOs or, you know, deep specialists in a certain digital marketing practice, like marketing automation, mm -hmm. right? I think it's hard to warrant a 40 time or 40 hour a week job, right? Yeah. For, for that type of role. Yep. Takes either massive web presence, multiple websites, you know, tons of graphic design needs to really warrant that that full time or employee. campaigns, so I think, or you know, I right. mean, if you're talking about advertising or marketing automation and email and stuff like that, like you've got to have a lot of moving parts. And if if you're a company that has that much throughput, like that that much demand for those skills, like you probably can also justify hiring a full time person. You know, right. So, right, absolutely. But SEO, I mean, well, one of our deepest areas of specialty, as you know, is is SEO. And um, like for all but the largest companies, I think uh, having a full-time SEO on staff, um, I just don't know that the value is there, let alone the work, you know? So you need either a massive website property yeah, or multiple, or multiple website properties yeah. or yeah, it, it would really take, I think, you know, quite a big digital footprint to even justify yeah. that, that type of arrangement. And to but, be honest, I mean, as you know, we, we essentially for a number of our clients are already fulfilling SEO needs for some of our larger clients that are not quite at a point where they can justify a full-time SEO on a fractional basis, you know, and we have these right. long-term relationships with one of our strategists where they're embedded. And I think that's one of the other sort of hallmarks or signatures of a fractional employment arrangement, even if, whether you're working through an agency and that could be a marketing agency, it could be a staffing agency to, to get these resources or uh, just individually one-to-one -one with an individual. Um, one of the hallmarks of that fractional relationship is that they are really embedded, right? An agency, they're winging things across to their clients via email, you know, and things like that. But it's very clearly like that agency, their brand, their method of delivery, et cetera, with an embedded team member, whether it's an executive or somewhere else, somebody else in the organization, um, you know, they're inside the walls, you know, they are, in their collaboration software, they might even have their own email alias, you know, at that domain. Uh, they're participating in internal meetings uh, and all of that, right? And that's not usually the case with an agency. But for some of those strategically important or mission critical functions that I would argue like SEO is one, um, that level of integration really helps with execution. You know, being the being able to have this kind of ever present sort of voice of SEO, we have found um, super valuable. Right. And to your point, even if, you know, if they're accommodating them with an email, right, you're talking about things that make, you know, backlink outreach or, or you know, outreach on behalf of the company so much easier than it yeah. is in an agency setting. Right. Totally. So I think there is a lot of value in that type of thing. But. Obviously, the big drawback with this type of model is the cost. Yeah. And I think a lot of jaw jaws might drop just kind of seeing $150 an hour for this type of arrangement. Yeah. Or for the executive level, I can't even imagine what the hourly oh, rates go sure. up to. But I, sure. it's it's up there to multiple hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. So 
at that point, you know, how can internal marketing teams kind of justify the cost against bringing in a full-time hire, even if it's, you know, more of a mid-level or entry-level individual? Right. Well, I mean, um, I, I think there is a lot to be said for experience, right? Past experience, um, you know, uh, familiarity uh, with your space, with their discipline, like intimate understanding of their discipline. Like there's, it's worth paying for that. You're, you're, uh, you're going to get greater results, you know, most of the time. Um, but, you know, uh, I think with some disciplines and, you know, SEO is probably one of them, you know, that individual, that fractional employee, they're not just coming sometimes with their, um, their own experiences and, and background and, and what in wisdom and whatnot. They might also be bringing their tech stack, they might have like tools uh, that they can bring to bear for the benefit of the company uh, that they're working for fractionally, um, you know. And so it, at that point, it's like teetering between uh, just a, an agency model and a fractional staffing model um, and things like that. But but I, I honestly I think that um, every company is going to need to get their calculator and their spreadsheets out and do the math to see like where. Um, uh, you know, where the, the break even or the, you know, the balance is for um, considering this fractional type model. But I think, uh, again, it comes back to like, if you have a strategically mission critical function, or one that is super highly specialized, that's going to be critical to the success of your enterprise, but you can't either justify um, hiring somebody because you don't have enough work for them to work full time. Um, or you just don't have the budget. You, you maybe you you could fill their plate, but um, you for the time being just need to um, satisfy yourself with like having the most critical, most strategically imperative you know parts of that role fulfilled on a fractional basis until you've reached that next threshold of growth. You know, right, right. And I think on the on the side of the employee, right? It's it's tough to find a specialist that's going to want to take that more generalist role internally, right? So oh, even yeah. if you're looking for someone that has you know deep specialized knowledge yeah. in SEO or advertising or a digital marketing function, right? I can speak from experience that I don't want to go into an in-house environment where you know I'm going to be pulled into trade shows mm. or pulled into other traditional yeah. marketing collateral and other things. So I think it's going to be tough for someone to find someone that has that really deep digital marketing specialization or right. you know deep specialization in any function mm. that wants to be pulled between all these other different needs, right? So I think a lot of times if someone identifies a specific specialized need, it's going to be tough to to bring someone in anyway yeah. in-house at a reasonable price. Right. And, you know, to your point, if they do bring them in, are they going to have enough work to even, you know, keep them busy for 40 hours a week? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, right. So right. I think on the side of the employee too, it's kind of tough to find that unicorn that's going to help you with deep specialization, but also be able to cover other functions or be interested in covering other functions. Right. 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 And that's the thing. And getting back to like, you know, the benefits to, you know, the folks fulfilling these fractional roles. Like I think a lot of the people that like to do this is they really enjoy being specialized and they enjoy variety, you know, and, and I don't mean variety of responsibilities, but they like, you know, every new company represents a new puzzle or problem to solve. I mean, I speaking from my own experience, that's what drove right. me into the agency life, <laughs> right? Right, Because I, I just, I f- loved that process of figuring things out and 
and kind of getting getting that solution worked out and then moving on to the next one, right? And I think that right. people who are drawn to fractional staffing type roles uh, feel the same way. Right. And I think there's immense value in that, right? Mm-hmm. Being exposed to different projects, being exposed to different websites, right? Absolutely. Like, especially in the SEO space, that's what kind of keeps us sharp, right? Is, is having this exposure to all these different clients, Absolutely. Different, these different exercises in keyword research or site mapping or technical projects, right? And when you're only working on a single website, yeah. I feel like sometimes your, your vision just gets so narrow in this type of space yeah. where you really need that exposure. And that's especially true for graphic designers or web developers too, yeah, right? Yeah, stay fresh. That, yeah. that constant practice really keeps them sharp. So right, I mean, the way, think, yeah, you, I mean, you raise a great point. Like that's actually like a... Um, maybe underappreciated benefit of that model is the cross pollination of ideas or, you know, like having somebody who's like simultaneously looking at and thinking about similar problems to yours, but not exactly the same and not in the same context. And so it keeps it fresh for them and they're only going to bring greater value to your organization too, you know? So, yeah, I mean, to sum it up, when, when, or what type of company, should consider embracing this this fractional model, right? Like, in your opinion, what are kind of the ideal scenarios where yeah. they would embrace more of that specialized digital marketing role that we've been talking about, and less so that that chief or that executive level position? Yeah, I, I mean, I I think there is a point at which you know, for for roles below like the top marketing leadership in the company, whether that's CMO or VP or director. Um, you know, you have to have a large enough team of other marketing players to justify even having that specialty player, whether, you know, whether it's SEO, whether it's an advertiser, whether it's marketing automation or graphic design, doesn't matter. Like, y- you probably need some pitch hitter, some switch hitters, some utility players, things like that, um, that are covering a lot of the core bases. Um, and then... And then you can plug in this specialized player into the mix, you know. Right. And I, I think that's really important, too, to have someone on the team that can speak this specialist language, totally. right? So hopefully they can glean some of this knowledge yep. and some of this this expertise from that individual. Um, I think without, you know, someone to at least, you know, be able to translate what they're doing or be able to understand what they're doing, sometimes a lot of the value that a fractional staffer might bring is kind of lost because, yeah. you know, internally they're not really glomming on to what they're preaching or what they're helping with, right? Yeah. So I think it is important to have that, you know, similar roles or at least someone in the same ballpark as the fractional staffer. Sure, that can, they can interface with, yeah, you know, maybe right, it's just right. a, a digital marketing strategist or something, or right. maybe, you know, some more overarching role, like uh, that maybe, maybe it's not fair to call it a generalist, but somebody who's going to be touching lots of parts of the marketing apparatus, you know, to plug into. Yeah. So, I mean, where do you envision this trending in the future? Obviously I've been exposed to more and more ads for fractional CMOs and a lot of these fractional specialists that we've talked about today. But where do you kind of envision this trending? Do you think it'll be even more significant and even more common in, in the future? Absolutely. I think I think that like over the next handful of years, we're going to see and probably accelerated by the pandemic um, and and like the gig economy. Like I just think that there's so many things about the traditional workplace that are getting turned on their head. Um, that I think in the next few years, we're going to see a greater diversity of types of roles be considered for 
uh, fractional staffing, you know, well beyond what currently are. I mean, it could get to a point where any role, you know, could be fulfilled fractionally. I think that there's a risk there because if everybody is part time and everybody's spread across lots of different, you know, businesses, there's probably a point where internal company culture suffers, you know? And so I think that's like, you got to use fractional players judiciously so that you can maintain, you know, some semblance of, um, uh, of, of your own company or brand's culture, you know, for the staff. So, um, but, but I think that it's only going to grow. I think, um, it's going to work. I think largely it's going to work down from upper management. And I think that, you know, it's going to go from the C-suite to, uh, you know, VPs and directors, uh, more commonly. And then I think we're also going to see like lots of other specialist players that are just, you know, commonly in the rank and file start to become, you know, more commonly uh, executed uh, fractionally. Right. And I think, you know, we've kind of seen this, especially with freelance consultants, this type of model kind of happened just by chance almost, where you have a lot of consultants right there almost embedded with companies and have really active roles and weekly check-ins or monthly check-ins and kind of, you know, are the voice of, of a certain specialty internally. But yeah. I think, you know, to your point, it might be more blatant that, hey, you know, mm-hmm. we're offering fractional staffing now or, you know, we're going this route. And I think people yeah. have kind of, you know, this this concept has matured a little bit over time where, where it's being offered as more of like a totally. bona fide offering. But before it just kind of happened when, you know, involvement needed to increase over time, right? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there are lots of providers, whether they're staffing agencies or individual companies that provide staff, you know, to the C-suite, Um you know, that that have tried to intercept people who are the right size or stage of business um, that are looking to fill those roles and providing it as an alternative. I think over time, we're increasingly going to be seeing people starting their search, looking for a fractional fulfillment of those functions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's going to be it for a discussion on fractional staffing. If you ever need experiences of your own with this, you know, if you've if you've been a fractional yeah. staffer or if you've hired one, we'd really love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at thecrux at climbmarketing.com, and we'd love to feature your question or comment or your experience on a future episode. Um, please subscribe to the Crux Podcast on your favorite platform, and we'd love to hear from you if you'd le- leave us a review. Uh, you can also follow Climb Marketing on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we always post our latest episodes and blogs and some other goodies as well. So thanks for, so much for listening to the Crux. We'll be back next month. All right, cool. I jotted down all the... Let me pause this.